Welcome to Get Behind Fanny, a podcast dedicated to the behind-the-scenes stories of the music, the members, and the musicians influenced by the rock group Fanny, the godmothers of women who rock. Hitting the eardrums every time. Hey, everybody. (laughs) And welcome to episode 20 of the Get Behind Fanny podcast. Working together on these audio adventures are Fanny's drummer, Alice DeBure, daughter of Fanny's manager, Roy Silver, and historian, Dr. Kristen Hilaire Glasgow, and I'm Byron Wilkins, lifelong Fanny fan and webmaster of FannyRocks.com. And Kristen, what do we have in store for our listeners this time? Well, well I wait, really wait, no, 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 no. Uh-oh. Wait, 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 wait. Uh-oh. Wait. Now what did we do? <laughs> what did we do? <laughs> we forgot the birthday bakery, you guys. Oh, that's very yes. important. Yes. You know, and so, you know, Byron's birthday. I'm, Byron, I'm surprised you forgot since you celebrate all the <laughs> effing month long. You know. I was being quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Byron's birthday on February 5th, you know, boy, Happy Harris. birthday, yep. Byron. Yep. Boyd Harris is yes, also Boyd Harris. a February birthday, so we want to give our bakery mm-hmm. birthday shout out to both of them, as well as to anybody yeah. else who has a February birthday and hasn't told us. But we're also <laughs> starting a uh, anniversary. So the year <laughs> that you discovered Fanny, the month that you discovered Fanny, Nigel, for example, cool. was uh, February of last year. Nigel. So. Happy anniversary! He right? was happy anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm 64, which means I've been a Fanny fan for 50 years now. So yeah. Uh, well, like, sure. Holy crap! Half, 50 years. Yeah, half a <laughs> half a century. Yeah. Jesus, you know. <laughs> yeah. But a, by, Byron, according to the last podcast, 64 mm-hmm. is the new 40, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I wish my back would agree with you. I don't know. <laughs> I hear you, Byron. Byron, yeah. do you mm-hmm. remember what month your fan anniversary is? Yeah, it was actually September of 1971 because that's when the uh, Charity Ball single came out, and I had spent the summer mowing lawns to save money to buy my rock and roll records, and Charity Ball was on the top of my list. Wow. So September. Wow. You know, well, well Chris, I don't remember. You yes, should, you should have a fan anniversary too. I definitely should. And I can't remember when. And since, like Byron, I love my birthday and celebrate it all month long, <laughs> I'm making my fanniversary in October. Okay. So okay. it's like a double celebration. <laughs> we'll make a note of that. Yes. No- noted. <laughs> noted. Yeah. And another person with a fanniversary would be Linda Wolf. Not mm-hmm. only one of the band's first friends, but she was also our first, yeah, you could call it official mm-hmm. photographer. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And for those who don't know who Linda Wolf is or what or her work is mm-hmm. she took the now iconic Fanny picture with the no parking mm-hmm. sign mm-hmm. and Nikki Shelty off to the side. <laughs> yeah. And when so this is our big week of interviewing Linda Wolf. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she thought was so cool that since she's joining us on episode 20, she thought that was perfect because she was 20 between 1969 oh. and 1970, when yeah. she went to go live at Fanny Hill after meeting the band. Mm-hmm. And so with today's interview, we asked Linda to pick her, not so much her favorite Fanny song, because she said she loves all of them. But yeah. if she, what is her go-to Fanny song when she's introducing the band? And without missing a beat, she said, Badge. So we'll be listening to the song throughout her interview. And without further ado, let's introduce Linda. 
so you can hear for yourselves why she uses badge as her introduction to Fanny. Well, because whenever I want to show anybody who Fanny is, which is at least once or twice a month, I bring up the London BBC concert uh, with Badge. I mean, first of all, at the time, Eric Clapton was God. And that song was godly. (laughs) And the fact that the girls could do it and do it so beautifully and like rock it out. Like Joe Cocker did with the Beatles songs. Um, Fanny did that with Badge. So Badge is what I go, you wanna see something? You know, let me show you. listening to that song oh Oh, i do too yeah but linda didn't mean uh the london bbc because we didn't do it on bbc we did it at the the paris television show so that was from the french footage that she shares with friends but we've discussed that anyway (sighs) well and france might be a wee bit upset if we give credit to the bbc anyway so exactly (laughs) i was actually thinking did i miss the london bbc what was it yeah what is this Well, you know, the French get upset so easily. Well, wait a minute. Let me correct that. It's the Parisians. Yes. The countryside, the people in the countryside of France are lovely, and Parisians have a little bit more problem with furners. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, you know, we had met Linda um, at Reprise when we Mm -hmm. went to sign contracts, and... uh, I always, we called her Lorna Dune, you know, as in, what you doing, Lorna? And I have no idea where that came from. But Oh, I'm sure that was you. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, maybe. It is so you. It, what you doing? Well, you know, Lorna Dune cookies were a big thing back then. Oh, yes. okay. okay. And we, we ate a lot of them. So maybe, what you doing, Lorna? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, she remembers meeting us. Um that day at Reprise when she did a favor for Richard Perry. One day, Richard came over to me. He said, listen, there's a group that I want to sign, or there's a group I just signed, one of the two, and they're coming in, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. I'm not going to be here, so will you take them down to the last office and you make sure that they're taken care of, and I'll come there eventually and and get them. Just just entertain them. Do whatever you want to do. And I said, sure. And he said, it's an all-girl rock band. I don't really think it computed all-girl rock band until five, ten minutes later, 
come strutting these young, you know, <laughs> almost teenage girls, very young women in jeans and white t-shirts and just one after the other, you and June and Jean. And I think that if my mouth didn't drop, that my, my whole self was like, oh my God, look at these young women. These, look at these girls, basically. I was, I just was like, this is heaven. So I took you all down to the end office and we sat there and talked. I told you I was a piano player. We talked about all kinds of stuff. How did you get involved in music? What are you doing? What's happening? You're rock and roll girls. What is this? You play the drums? It just blew my mind because I hadn't really conceived, you know, there was Joan Baez, there was, uh, you know, there were a few people, there were a few women that were outstanding but not a rock and roll band, a girls rock and roll band. I hadn't even thought about that in my childhood or my youth, that I could be in a band. Wow. And, you know, listening to that, mm-hmm. I was thinking I'm the complete opposite because I was two and a half, three years old when I first saw uh, Fanny. And so to yeah. me, I knew that was what could be. Do you know what? Yeah, I was, could do that. I could, I could do, do that. that. I can do and that. And it was so, <laughs> you know, normal, of course. You were the first, but, you know, it was normal. But Alice, for I had a you. question for me. That's true. Yeah. Which is incredible to think about. But mm-hmm. when I was listening to Linda, I had a question for you, Alice. Did you know, as you were walking down that hallway, getting ready to sign the contracts or having just signed them, the historical moment you were living in as the first, you know, female rock and roll band being signed to a major label? And, and let me add not just being signed to a record deal, but a four album deal, which at the time was extraordinary. I mean, for, you know, a male band, let alone an all female band. And this was also mm-hmm. in the days before labels had the option to opt out of their contract if one of the albums didn't produce sales. So, yeah. I mean, you know, investing um, in Fanny was absolutely huge and groundbreaking. Yeah, it was it was big money for for reprise to to put us on that dotted line. But I don't think we were thinking along those lines at all. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, just thinking, here we go. We're finally going to get to record and we'll tour and we'll live out Mm -hmm. our dreams. At least we had a shot at it. Wow. That's incredible. Do you, yeah. do you remember meeting Linda that first day at Reprise? How could I how could I not? <laughs> she was she was so bubbly and fun and she was basically our age. Mm. You know, um if she was 20, I was 21 maybe mm. or just barely 21, you know, but she was so much fun and she definitely made an impression, you know. <laughs> June's memory of that day is kind of fun too. Let's listen. Linda was a secretary at Reprise, and we, when we first came in to meet Richard in his office, she vividly remembers uh, the hair wafting by and smelling our shampoo and conditioner. And for uh, a young woman, that's a big deal. You know, I mean, you really notice that. <laughs> and she was kind of, you know, she was, I think, a little bit younger than us, and she was kind of all over the place, but we liked her, you know. So I think within a month or two, she had quit Reprise, and she'd moved in with us at Fanny Hill. And we were, you know, girlfriends, and I always say it was like, you know, we were uh, sorority, but with amps and a PA, you know. So it was a big, it was a big presence. Yeah. So I'm confused about the time frame. So you meet Linda at Reprise, and how soon after did she move into Fanny Hill? Well, um, I think it was really, really quick. Because, and, and I think Linda remembered it as being pretty quick too. Like she came to Fanny Hill and said, oh, wow, man, this is fun. You know, 
she was there maybe a week or two. She was fully moved in and she never left, you know, <laughs> just like she fit right in. You know, it was, we were really like a family at Fanny Hill. I mean, we were all out in the world, but yet we were still young enough that that kind of a living situation was a lot of fun. You know, we, it wasn't, we, we didn't have a lot of money and we worried about the rent, you know, and, and feeding ourselves, but we still, it was still fun. And it was women having a good fun time together. Living at Fanny Hill, there was never a dull moment. And there were all kinds of amazing people coming through night and day. She was our friend before she became a photographer. So we were already so used to having her company that it was a real natural thing to do that she just fit in and took pictures of us. And we didn't even know, didn't stop our tracks. Oh, post to this, post that. It was just a natural thing that she was taking our photos and it just fit in and it blended right in. And it was so natural a thing for her to be taking our pictures all the time. So in that way, it just developed in a great way that, we, you know, like having your sister in the room. Yeah, that was that was Jeannie at the end um, of that clip with Linda starting it. But, you know, t she talks about having a sister in the room and I was fortunate enough that my sister Evelyn came out first, I think, and she spent a couple of months there with us and she cooked for us. And she's the one who brought the bran muffin recipe that oh. we all used. And yeah, we kept, we kept that one for years. And then Such Abby. A Such a hippie <laughs> recipe. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, bread muffins, they keep you regular. What can I say? You know? <laughs> but, you know, then Abby came later and Abby spent more, Abby was there longer. Um, but uh, there were musicians there all the time, jam sessions going on day and night. And mm -hmm. when it wasn't music and jam sessions, it was that sorority that June was talking about. And Alice, just to clarify, your sisters were Evelyn and Abby who came to live at Fanny Hill and Linda became best friends with Abby. Right. Correct. Right. right? Cause yeah. Cause Linda was saying that she and Abby were always up to her words, shenanigans. Oh my God. <laughs> at Fanny Hill. They were. <laughs> and that's putting it mildly. I have to say, <laughs> you know, Abby was always a trailblazer. She was the eldest and that trailblazer character was uh, in full display. But Linda, <laughs> you know, talking with Linda brought back a lot of memories. But this memory that she had about June absolutely blew my mind. I love it. June went to bed with her guitar. Mm -hmm. She went to bed with her guitar. I slept with June a couple times. Uh, and I had to navigate the guitar. <laughs> um, she, she slept with the guitar on top of her. <laughs> well, 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 you learn something new every day, and that's just kind of like wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I wish Linda had a picture of that, and secondly, it would have been called "While My Guitar Gently Sleeps." <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, Kristen. Well, yeah. I mean, you get, but, you get points for that. <laughs> but seriously, I love that image of June sleeping with the guitar on top of her. That's just so great. And yeah. just to clarify, Alice, did mm -hmm. Linda mean that she and June were together or just shared a bit? Oh, oh, no. There's no way that June and Linda were quote unquote together. 
you know, they'd probably been doing some illicit thing all night long and just crashed in place. That's more like it, you know. You know, Linda was but June, but June did have the wherewithal to grab onto her guitar though. So oh, well, maybe she slept with it when she slept by herself too. I don't know, but she we slept with it that night. Yeah. <laughs> And Linda, you know, she wasn't promiscuous at all. Um, she was, and that's pretty unusual for that time. Yeah. But, so, yeah. you know, you talk about the shenanigans and my sister Abby, on the other hand, would have been called a groupie with male bands, you know? <laughs> but, trailblazer. Yeah. We call her a trailblazer. <laughs> well, but as far as Fanny Hill was concerned, sex, drugs, and rock and roll weren't just for guys, baby. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Linda and Abby, like I say, they were quite the pair. You know, um, I still <laughs> when I look back on it, I still can't believe some of the antics that they did. They got in the trouble they got into. Well, it wasn't like, trouble. Like what? Well, they went to the band concert at the Long Beach Arena and mm. they came home that night with two guys. One of them was Rick Danko and one of them was Richard Manuel from the band you know and we ended up jamming into the night you know and laughter and smoking oh, wow. pot i'm sure but you know there was always a lot of laughter at fanny hill especially when linda was in the room and june just remembers a ton of giggling you guys really did giggle a lot you really were best girlfriends i mean i never had a girlfriend really like that i i, I didn't have the personality for it you know in a way, but you always had that gene with Bree and, and Linda and, you know, other people. And it was really fun for me to watch from the outside. I really trusted it. And I trusted, like I said, Linda was kind of all over the place in her expansive way of bouncing, you know, off the walls kind of, but she was so much fun and she's really smart, you know? So it, it was just such a welcome addition to the family vibe at Fanny Hill, because let's don't forget, Alice had her sisters there too. So this and Brie had her daughter. You know, this was basically one big happy family. I don't remember us fighting. You know, we ate together. We blah, blah, blah. We did what the young girls did together at that time and since time immemorial. We shared. Well, you mm. know, to me, it wasn't that June. June didn't have that personality. June, she did have that personality. It was just that she was so laser focused at that time on learning how to play lead guitar, teaching herself to be a lead guitar player and being the best that she could be. And, and sleeping with <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. Well, that kind of explains <laughs> it. You know, you wake up and start playing. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's that's dedication. Yeah, it, it it took her. I mean, she was she was so focused and it took a lot of focus to teach herself mm. to go from rhythm guitar to lead guitar. You know, mm. as I've said before, I didn't practice the drums by themselves. I mean, I hate the sound of drums by themselves. That's why I never did drum solos. So <laughs> I didn't practice by myself ever, ever. 
I only practiced with the band, you know, and when was rehearsal was over, I didn't go and practice paradiddles in a room somewhere, you know, <laughs> you know, and Linda and Jeannie and I would smoke a joint if we had it. We'd cook, mm-hmm. although Jean and Jean probably did most of the cooking and I was maybe like a sous chef. I don't know. But June would come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. June would come out and she'd eat and then we'd go practice some more. You know, she'd oh, wow. if, if wow. it wasn't rehearsal practice, it was June going back into her room practicing. You know, wow. Linda remembered it pretty much the same way because it was our home. The way that it was so not rock starry in the house that in the house, we were like a sorority. We were like a bunch of girls and we cooked in the morning. Every morning we made bran muffins. Jeannie was always in the kitchen, you know, doing bran muffins in the morning. And I joined her all the time. And every morning we would make coffee and have these bran muffins with butter. And it was, it was so natural to cook together. So natural to to cook and then and then after doing that kind of very um, homey type of thing, to go downstairs and fucking rock out. practice paid off. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just keep envisioning Linda getting to capture all of this mm-hmm. on film when yep. you guys were fucking rocking out. I mean, it's just <laughs> incredible. I, I'm in awe. I stand on her shoulders since I was lucky enough to photograph Fanny for the reunion for Jennifer Lee's documentary back in Goshen, Massachusetts, but not the same as being there at the yeah. time when it was all coming around. But that picture <laughs> of me, I think you took that picture of me that Kevin LeBlanc ran through filters and he sent to me, you know, the one I just printed on metal, that one, right? You took that. Yeah, that's me. I took that. Yes, I did. (laughs) Well, thank you. And thank Kevin, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and the reason why I brought that up was that I was so curious to hear how Linda became Fanny's first, you know, quote unquote, official photographer. I asked both June and Linda about how this came about. So let's listen, June first, and then Linda. I mean, I was really besotted by photography. My dad was a great photographer, and he gave me his Leica. Uh, so I had already learned how to have a dark room, how to make a dark room. And when we moved down to L.A., I built a dark room down in the basement. It was in a little alcove behind Alice, and you put a, you know, a curtain uh, up there. And I had, I basically had it set up. So when I handed her the camera, I was also handing her the dark room which, you know, I showed her a couple of things and then she just took off, you know. 
I guess I must have said my dad's a cinematographer and, and he, I, I take pictures sometimes or I, you know, whatever. June said, well, why don't you just be our photographer? You could right. move in and just be our photographer. And I was like, deal. Yeah. Wow. But that's, well, the interesting thing is that Linda took a ton of pictures, but we didn't see very many of those pictures at the time mm. we were so busy rehearsing we were getting ready to record and you know eventually tour but you know mm -hmm. unlike today's instant world of images and you take mm -hmm. a picture of your lunch and share it with the world you know <laughs> <laughs> any pictures that linda took had to be developed you know and film and darkroom supplies weren't cheap you mm -hmm. know it cost a bit of money. Then we didn't have a lot of money. So it was definitely something that, you know, somehow we found the money because we thought we knew it was important at, on some level, but we didn't really say, oh, we have to save all these, you know. But, <laughs> you know, seeing all these pictures 50 years later, though, it's such a gift, like a precious time capsule. Living at Fanny Hill and seeing that and watching you all, I'm not watching you, photographing you while you practiced, which was daily all the time, was one of the greatest lessons and teaching experiences for me to begin to understand how disciplined I needed to become. Do you remember the photo shoot where you took the picture of us sitting in front of that no parking sign? I sure do. It was uh, it was at Reprise. I think it was no. It was at Warner Brothers Studios at the soundstage. It was outside the soundstage and somewhere. Yeah, it was probably in front of the soundstage. And we were there. I say we because I really felt like I was part of Fanny. That was my life. Yeah, I, you were kind of. You know, I, I wasn't part of the band, but I was part of the the circle, the inner circle. At any rate. I remember that it was for the executives. You were doing a, a show for the executives of Warner Brothers Reprise. They were, and all their secretaries and all these different people that were coming that were going to, you, you, it was kind of like you were doing, a, um, what, what do you call it? Like, you know, Richard was presenting you. You know, I'm pretty sure that Linda is referring to my dad, your manager, Roy yeah. Silver, and yeah. not Richard Perry, your producer. And in fact, mm -hmm. I was recently reading some of his early autobiographical work about Fanny. Mm -hmm. And this was what he did as your manager. This was his job was to try to present you to the executives to elevate Fanny's image as rock stars. Mm -hmm. 
So I th- I'm pretty sure it was my dad. Oh, yeah. I, you know, that sounds a whole lot. It's, it's so much more like your dad, Kristen, because Richard Perry was just a staff producer. And Linda, she remembered it that way, too. I remember Roy was there because um, I don't remember when he became the manager. Roy brought, brought in a lot of that. I remember vividly his oh. attitude was something that everybody had to, to jump levels to, to go along with and, and really start imagining and seeing oneself as, you know, this fait accompli. Yeah. And, and you know what, Kristen, that, hmm. that really was, um, that was your dad as and your only your dad could have presented the band to the reprise executives in that way. I mean, imagine you've got this, you're, you're on a huge soundstage that is mm-hmm. you know, like three or four gymnasiums at least, you know, and oh, set up behind the drums. There's this, yeah. Oh, geez. Right. Byron, you know, behind, <laughs> behind the drums, there's this, this stairway that goes to nowhere, maybe up to the catwalk or something, but it's just there. It was kind mm. of part of a set that wasn't being used at the time. So, you know, the executives are all seated or they're going to be seated at, they, they brought in all of the furniture from Camelot, big wow. wooden carved chairs and tables. And I mean, it was really, really, really impressive. And Fanny just supplied the soundtrack. So it's well, a little bit bigger than the Whiskey to Go-Go. Out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Jeez, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only did my dad invite the execs there, right, yeah. and had the food catered and prepared on site, but he also catered the execs with cocaine, grass, women, and wine. Wait a minute. I didn't see any of that. <laughs> well, of course Man. you didn't, silly rabbit. Tricks are for execs. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had to hide you from that, you know? He didn't want you to see that. Well, I don't know why. World. I, I'm gonna say, maybe, really? your dad was going to say, Kristen, maybe we could have seen just an itty bitty little bit. <laughs> and he would have just doled out an itty bitty bit. Yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to Linda's no parking picture. Okay. And I, when I spoke to Jean and June, I loved what they had to say about it. Let's listen. Yeah, but it's really a fun thing. We look totally relaxed and um, look like we're having a good time and, Whatever it is with that, the companionship, it was quite evident in that picture. Well, the other thing is that we were rehearsing at Warner Brothers. And so those were kind of heavy-duty rehearsals, you know, because we were coming together with our sound, learning how to deal with it, our arrangements, our songs, and so on. So that was a break. And Linda asked us to go out and take pictures. So we sat against the wall at the sound lot, and we just were mugging and eating our lunch, right? And uh, basically just doing our thing and being alive right at that moment. And that's what she caught. I, I, I'm not surprised that that's, that series is a favorite with fans because it captures so much of that time. You know, we were hard at work, but we were taking a break and, you know, just kind of letting out into the air. And we just let it out right into the camera. Yeah, bare feet and all. <laughs> June and Jean and a Sheltie. Yeah. June, June and, and Nikki both had bare feet in that picture, which I love. And Jeannie and I, of course, are very proper there with our tennis shoes on. But, you know, <laughs> Kristen, you and I had asked Linda to reflect on her time specifically with Fanny mm-hmm. and whether she saw it historically. 
So here's Linda in her own words. That was that moment. That was the amazing moment in time when historically this was, this, as you say, it was a bombastic thing that happened when Fanny hit the scene in those years, 69-70. One didn't have to think to know that Fanny was, you know, like a brand new, extraordinary moment in the history of music and the history of rock and roll. Absolutely. And she really was living through history with you. I mean, you were as well, you know, I was as a little girl, just an incredible moment in time. And when I asked June to reflect on Linda at Fanny Hill with Fanny being the photographer, here's what she had to say. Well, like you, Kristen, she thought she was going to be in Fanny. You know what I'm saying? That was like a a sort of a thing, you know, and there we were working so hard at it. And you guys could be there and imagine yourselves as part of it. I mean, there's not that many people who really shared the energy of early Fanny. In fact, what, just the two of you, maybe, I don't know, you know, not that many. So it's it's very special, and I feel it when we talk to you. I I can see that spark in Linda's eyes when she when she got you know sort of excited about something, and she knew she was going to do something maybe you know whatever exciting or illegal or whatever. She had that real spark that we all had. We definitely shared that. It was a little bit of uh, you know we were going to be bad girls, but not that bad. <laughs> It's just, it's a treasure that time. Mm, Wow. And Alice, I loved Linda's line to us when we wrapped up the interview. She said, quote, Fanny was the birthplace of the rest of my life, close quote. And I just love that. I, I, yeah, I feel I could say that about myself. Yeah. Well, I think we all could say that, you know, Mm -hmm. I think we really could. Fanny Hill, uh, even, well, I would have to say that Fanny, not, not now, nah, I can't go there. But Fanny we- Hill. <laughs> Fanny Spill Hill is nope. Nah, nope. Fanny it's Hill. It's a dollop for another day. It's a dollop for another day. Thank you, Byron. <sighs> I love it when you have my back, man. You know? <laughs> but because Linda's go-to Fanny song is badge from the French footage, we wanted to thank her again for her time and play yes. that audio version in its entirety. So here's to you, Linda. Here's to you, Linda.
you know, man, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, <laughs> you cannot what? You cannot, <laughs> you cannot beat the live energy that Fanny yeah. had. You know? Oh yeah. This, oh yeah. That sound quality, obviously, it's not as as good sound quality as the mm-hmm. recording or the beat club, but that energy yeah. is it's pretty cool. I'm, and I just so can envision you guys playing. I, I seeing that yeah. video is incredible too. Oh yeah, but you can't yeah. see and me the, sweating oh. though, can you? <laughs> you, are too, you are way too cool to sweat. <laughs> and the Linda, it fucking rocks. I mean, that's yes, just great. yeah, it yeah. does it rock. Really, really does. Yeah. Still one of my think top three Fanny songs. Yeah. Well, all right, you two. No, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I can't commit to that too much. Too much. Yeah, pressure. I was going to say that's. Wait a minute. Where are you going with that? You can't commit. I'm to not. That. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We made it through our first interview. I. Th- I think Ooh. you know that was. That was. Uh, it was fun. It was unique, and I think maybe we're going to have yeah. to do it again sometime. But for now, oh, definitely, it's contest time. <laughs> Who's got Woo-hoo! the hat? Oh, that would be me. I got it. There you go. <laughs> Is that a hat? That sounds like a bag. Uh, you know, hey, hat bag. And now it sounds like a drum. What's oh, going on? So, well, I've got the hat filled with the names of people. <laughs> We've got all 13 of June's clips correct. And Alice is doing the drum roll. And the name is, <laughs> I've got the name, Sheesh. is Ashley in the Country. Oh, that's so, good. So, Ashley uh, in yeah. the Country, please send Congrats. us your mailing info. And yes, congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Send us your mailing info at the Fanny at FannyRocks.com uh, email, and we'll send you the prize, which is a copy of Linda Wolf's book uh, called Tribute, Cocker Power. And you can oh. check out more of Linda's work at LindaWolf.net. So, yay. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of trivia. Linda was the one who brought Joe Cocker to Fanny Hill, so that's full circle. Oh, oh wow. And, wow. And Joe's live album, Mad Dogs, was released in August of 70. Yeah. And I was a fan of his before I discovered uh, Fanny. And when Charity Ball was released in 71, you know, I always love reading liner notes. And I noticed Nikki's name, uh, Nicole Barkley at that time, yeah. on the first album and on uh, Mad Dog. So it's a, you know, talk about full circle. It's like, hey, wow. yeah, she was, she was in the chorus. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's amazing. And I just want to say for Ashley in the country that mm-hmm. Linda Wolf is donating this book. So thank you, Linda, for doing this for oh, our yeah. Get Behind Fanny podcast. We really, really do appreciate that. Yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, Kristen. Yes. <laughs> Kristen. Yes. Yes. What do you have? What's in store for our next podcast? Well, for episode 21, we're going to be listening and dissecting bitter wine, which we didn't get to today because we wanted to give Linda Wolf more time, mm-hmm. as well as the song Come and Hold Me. So I'm very excited about it. If you have any questions or comments, let us know. Cool. Yeah, you just write us uh, at fannyrocks.com under the podcast for episode 20. And Mm -hmm. we love hearing from you. So, you know, and all your comments. So bring it along. (laughs) Cool. All right. Yeah, the comments are great. Yeah, it's fun. And it's fun to interact. I I am enjoying that, too. But for now, that's a wrap. Yes. (laughs) Byron. Mm Mm-hmm. Hit it. <laughs> <laughs>